guests this morning. We want to make sure you feel welcome. Let's give them a big hand. Welcome to our church. We're glad you chose to worship with us. Welcome anybody that's watching online this morning. We've got quite a few families that are sick. Lots of stuff going around. Wash your hands good. Uh, do fist bumps. Amen. Even after I just told you to shake everybody's hand. <laughs> I'm a little hypocritical in that. I do fist bumps because I like to stay healthy. I'm not trying to be cool. I'm trying to be healthy. Especially when we go to other countries. You know, you're around lots of different people that don't take care of themselves. Everybody probably thinks, oh, what a cool pastor. No, I'm just a pastor trying to stay healthy. Amen. So we got to take care of ourselves. Amen. How many have ever been in a race, uh, played sports, ever been involved in something, or just like to get off to a good start on things? How many like to be ahead of the game? Whenever you can be ahead of the game on something, it's pretty awesome. I want to I wanna challenge us today to get ahead of the game on something which is coming up tomorrow. We're going to be part of a nationwide, fellowship-wide, worldwide fast. Amen? And how many in here have ever fasted? Raise your hand. Let me see your hands if you've ever fasted. If you've been in this church very long, you have. Uh, if you haven't, we had some people in the first service who have never done it. Today we're going to teach you a little bit of how to fast, and you're going to see some amazing results. And we are going to do this for the entire month of January. I'm going to pass these out at the end. We've got a great fellowship that we belong to and have a great home church that provides us with a lot of material. So everybody in the United States, everybody in Africa, Europe, Central America, Canada, all around the world is participating in this. Isn't that pretty awesome to think that we're going to do something that's joining with thousands and thousands of people this morning? Amen. So my title is, let's get off to a fast start. Amen. Get off to a fast start. We're going to get off to a fast start today because the new year hasn't even come yet. And we're already going to be mentally prepared to do something awesome for God. Fasting is something that is kind of a secret power. Not a lot of people know about it. Not a lot of people do it. And a lot of, a lot of people have tried it. But anybody who's ever tried it and done it knows it works. Fasting works. So I'm going to teach you a little bit this morning on how to fast, but I want to uh, just get our minds prepared for a good 2024. Amen? How many believe God's got lots of blessings for us, lots of victories for us, lots of breakthroughs for us? How many are ready to have some of those this year? Maybe you didn't have them in 2023. Amen? But you want them, you, you're ready for 2024. Now, I got a bigger, better question. How many in here love Jesus? I just want to make sure I'm in the right place this morning. Anybody in this place love Jesus? How many want to honor Jesus with everything you are, everything you have? How many know we're here for him this morning? Don't ever forget that. We're here for Jesus this morning. The reason we're going to fast is because we want to get closer to Jesus. Amen. Jesus is the reason we are here this morning, and we want to celebrate him and thank him for every, the Bible says, every good and perfect gift comes from God. Amen. Well, my wife and I were able to uh, receive, and also Pastor Mario and Dance, a, a new gift this Christmas. We had our fourth grandchild born. Remington was born on the 28th of, of uh, December, 20, ounce, or 20 inches, not 20 ounces, not 20 pounds, 8 pounds, 20 ounces. Amen. So we thank God for that blessing. Um, I, I did send out a text, but my, my texts are just shot. So I'm going to fast this year that my, my phone will work. So a lot of people didn't get that, but we're so thankful. Amen. 
So tomorrow's the first, and we're going to start for 31 days. We've done it in the past for 21 days. That doesn't mean that you're going to start fasting tomorrow and you're not going to eat till February, okay? If you can do that, you're going to be standing up here with the microphone testifying of some really supernatural things that you had happen to you. But what you're going to do during the month of January is what the Lord puts on your heart to do during this fast. That's one thing that fasting is, is although we're doing it corporately, it's personal. Amen. It's something you have to make the decision to do. So I'm going to get into a little bit of, of verses and teaching on this, but I want to start off in Exodus 17:11 in a very short verse here. And I want to kind of, if you're taking notes, this is a good message to take notes in. Uh, I want to get your mind right and tell you one of the simplest things about fasting, one of the greatest um, mindsets of fasting is simple obedience. In Exodus 17, 11, some of you will recognize this scripture. It says, and so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. How many remember that story? They were fighting the Amalekites. As long as Moses had his hands raised, they were winning. Whenever he put his hands down because he was tired, they began to lose. He'd put his hands back up again, and they'd begin to win again. And eventually, Aaron came over and another person, and they began to hold his arms up for him. The idea of this is we just need to learn to simply obey what God's Word says. God says many times in the Bible, throughout the Old and New Testament, that we should fast. And so the, the, the first thing we're going to do this morning is just simply obey what His Word says. Amen? How many know that's a good thing to do? And so, write this down. Physical obedience brings spiritual release. Physical obedience brings spiritual release. So fasting is, first and foremost, eating. Right? Yeah? You guys are deader than a doorknob. It's not even 31st yet tonight. You look like, you look like tomorrow morning already. And it hasn't even happened yet. Man, some of y'all should try sleeping at night during the, during the hours of... By the way, I fast every single day from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Amen? How many of y'all do that? All right. Y'all here now? Okay. We're, we're going to get into this with the mindset of what the Lord tells you to do. I believe some of you already have a mindset of what you're going to do. You already have some things that you want to fast. I'm going to give you an example, though. Simply put, fasting is taking the time you eat and replacing it with prayer and, and dedication to the Lord. Okay, That's what real, true fasting is. It is food. We have gotten to a place where we fast a lot of other things now, and I'm going to tell you that we should, but the true fasting is food. Okay, that's what the, every, every story in the Bible is always food. But, and I've heard people say that, you know, don't fast social media, don't fast this and the other, because that's not in the Bible. Well, I have some newsflash for you. There was no social media in the Bible. Okay? We have it now, and we do need to fast social media. Okay? Many of us need to fast it and never stop fasting it. And just keep on fasting it until Jesus comes back. Okay? But on the element of food, I have an example. As you get older... You'll, you, I'm not there yet, by the way. As you get older, you get to a place where you don't need food as much. My father is there. Our pastor, Pastor Jones, is there. He used to tell me in Costa Rica, he says, Blake, you live to eat, and I eat to live. And I, I believe I'm going to get to that place someday where I'm going to eat to live. How many see the difference? 
In other words, our life revolves around food. How many, how many in here love food like I do? How many are honest? Okay, you love food. If, you're, if you love it, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with it as long as the food doesn't have you. Okay, and it does have some people. But my dad, for example, and Pastor Jones, if you were doing a fast and fasting is food, my dad has gotten to that age too where he doesn't eat anymore because he loves food, although he did. My dad was overweight. My dad worked in the food business his whole life. He loved food. But he was just telling me on Christmas that I, I, I have no desire to eat food. I eat because I need to stay alive. And we actually have to help him to make sure he gets enough protein so he doesn't get sick. So my dad does not need to fast food. Does that make sense? Food's not going to be a sacrifice to him. But my dad is watching right now, and he needs to fast Facebook. <laughs> and he's probably laughing right now. Amen. And he already told me he's going to. So food's not a problem to him, but he's on Facebook a lot. He's not doing anything wrong, amen, after he learned what the like button meant. <laughs> if some of you are new to the church, my dad would, I remember years ago, he was, he was liking some really bad posts. And I called him, I said, Dad, you're the assistant pastor of this church. This doesn't look good. And he said, I thought the like button meant that I had read it. <laughs> so he was liking all kinds of bad stuff, but it wasn't too good, right? So... Now that he's figured that out, but he's going to fast social media. So you need to fast something that's going to be, that's important to you, something that, that maybe has you, and only you know what that is, okay? And so as we get into this, fast, you may fast one meal a day. You may decide to fast a whole day. You may decide to fast three days. Some people can fast seven days. Some people have fasted up to 14 days. Some people have done 21 days. Those, those are really serious fasts, okay? But you need to do what the Lord tells you to do, and, and you need to do it with the right attitude. When it comes to fasting, attitude really is everything. But as you're taking notes, so one of the things I want you to write down in your notes is, I need to drink a lot of water. Okay, whether you're fasting really good or not, how many know water is important? This is a time of, of cleansing, spiritually and physically. We don't really understand a lot of times, and listen, I'm, I'm not a doctor, but I have a, I have a degree in common sense. Does anybody else have a degree in common sense? You can't teach common sense, you just have to learn it. And so I have a degree in common sense that tells me that if I'm not eating food, then I need to drink a lot of water. And even if I am eating food, I need to drink a lot of water. My body's made out of water. We would all be a lot healthier if we would drink more water. So drink lots of water. But I want to just give you a quick little thing that I thought was interesting. Years ago, I heard a man, a pastor who's gone on to be with the Lord. If I said his name, you'd know who he was, a lot of you. Um, but he was in the Bahamas, a pastor in the Bahamas, and he did a really good teaching on fasting. And he, he actually showed um, some medical things. And what he was saying is, is when you start to fast and you're not eating, so how, many, how many ate breakfast this morning? Let me ask you, how many ate, ate something for breakfast? I know our serve team eats between um, services. And um, you, you ate something. Your body knows tomorrow morning on a Monday what time you're going to eat. Your body already knows you, right? And you have habits. We're creatures of habits. Most of us eat uh, at a pretty similar time every day and however many times we eat and everything. And so your body gets to a place where it starts to shoot out the acid into your stomach when it's expecting food to be there because it's going to break down the food. That's what it's made to do, to get out of your body, to take the stuff that's good for your body and, and keep it and get rid of the stuff that's not. So when you're fasting and you're not eating food, you need to drink water. 
Because when you're fasting and you're not eating food, those acids are still shooting into your stomach. That's why your stomach hurts, and it will start to eat the lining of your stomach, and it will cause pain. When you do that and you begin to drink water, you begin to flush out a lot of toxins and a lot of bad things. That's why fasting is very powerful physically. It is a dimension in itself spiritually, but physically you need to drink lots of water. And so if you do that for a day or two days or three days, water, water, water. Every time you get to a place where you start to feel hungry, you start to feel bad, you start to feel hangry. Right? <laughs> hangry. How many know what that is? Hungry and angry. You need to drink water. And then I would, I would add that you would maybe drink some cranberry juice too. You don't want to drink orange juice. People do juice fast sometimes. You don't want to drink orange juice, pineapple juice, or most juices because they have acids. And all you're going to do is pour acid on acid in your stomach, and you're going to cause major problems. You're going to do it with a good intention, but you're not going to do a good job. So water, 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 and I would advise uh, f- uh, filtered water, pure water, because get good stuff in your body. Amen? Okay, so that's very important. That's just the physical attribute. Now, the spiritual side is, Some things I want to look at. Physical obedience brings spiritual release. All through the Bible, it's very interesting. When you see Bible verses about fasting, it never says, if you fast. Somebody say what it says. When you fast. So fasting is not something that that God's saying you should do if you should try this. He's saying you should do this as a believer. If you're a believer, we should fast. I'm thankful that we have a fellowship again and a pastor that's leading us, that's, that's challenging us to do this so that we can do it as a fellowship and, and have some guidelines and have some guidance. That's what this book is going to be for that I'm going to pass out at the end of the service that's got all kinds of good stuff in it. It's got stuff to, to how many like to, I know my wife does, how many have a, have a uh, planner? You like to write things down? This is perfect for you. It's got all this stuff in here to write things down, to keep yourself accountable for the whole 31 days. And it's got things about devotionals. It's got who to pray for. It's got all of our main churches on the back. It doesn't have all the churches, but all the main churches. You guys know we have like at least 60 churches in the Congo. They're not all here, but the main churches are. And so p- praying for the pastors, praying for your leaders. How many know there's plenty to pray for? We don't have a lack of what to pray for. But, but I want to challenge you because you're going to see, especially if you've never fasted, you're going to see breakthroughs. It is, it is one of the most powerful things we can do, and it works. Fasting works. Raise your hand if you agree with me that you've seen it work. It works. It literally works, but it takes work, too. Fasting's not easy because you got, you got to put your body into subjection. You need to tell your body, I'm in charge along with Jesus. This is God's temple. And I'm going to eat when I tell you we're going to eat. Right? Your body's going to yell back at you and say you need to eat now. And you say, no, I'm eating when I want to eat. Because this is my body and this is the Lord's body. Okay? So, so fat, what fasting is not is just not eating food. Because that's called a diet. Right? When you don't eat, that's a diet. Fasting is replacing your meal with time dedicated to the Lord. So at the time you would eat lunch, at the time you would eat breakfast, I know you're at work, there's different situations. To the best of your ability, you try to replace that time with prayer. And you need to figure out what that best time is. I tell people, if you're going to fast one meal a day, what's your favorite meal? What's the one you can't go without? That's the one you should fast. Another example is, if, if you're a person that doesn't eat breakfast, and you're going to try to be a wise guy and be, get over on God, you can say, I'm going to fast all month, I'm going to fast breakfast every day. 
Well, you're, not, you're, you're looking good to yourself, but you're not doing anything spiritually, right? You need to fast the meal that means something to you. But we, we see all through the Bible that God says, I'll guide you if you'll fast. Look at Acts chapter 13, verse 2. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now, separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And then having fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on them and sent them away. That tells me that fasting was a normal part of the church. It was something that they did regularly. It was something that was a part of their life. I'm hoping for you today, as the leader of this church, that this month will lead you into something that you will do all year. You're not going to probably do it to the extent that we're going to do it in January, but how many know this year, or this month, starting tomorrow, all the gyms in the United States will be more full than they'll be all year long, right? More people will sign up for gym memberships tomorrow than any time of the year. And February 1st, there'll be less people in the gym than any time in the year. Because that resolution will be gone. How many here today are thankful that before January 1st starts, you're already working out? You're already trying to take care of your body. You're already getting a fast start. Amen? And if you haven't gotten the fast start, you've got a few hours before the first starts to get going. Amen? So another model is Jesus. Back to Jesus. How many want Jesus to be our example? How many know Jesus is our example? Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So we fast because Jesus fasted. Even God himself, because he was in a physical body, fasted. Now as you think of the word example, how many have some good examples in your life? You're scaring me here, so hopefully you got somebody. Somebody's a good example to you in your life. That there's somebody that you look to to be an example. You don't, you, don't, you don't worship them, but they're an example for you. How many have some stumbling blocks in your life? Oh, we're seeing more stumbling blocks than examples. That's not good. we got to change that. Amen? But I want to hit something for just a moment here that is along the lines of fasting, but is a little bit off at the same time, that I'm going to deal with a little bit during this month that has been in my spirit. Jesus is our example, and we are an example. And so we need to ask ourselves, during this fast, I want you to ask yourself, am I a stumbling block to somebody, to Jesus, or am I a stepping stone to Jesus? I feel that's a word from the Lord. Amen? We should never be a stumbling block to somebody getting to Jesus. In other words, the way we live, the way we talk, the way we act, the way we, we, we live our lives should be something that would be a, a stumbling, or sorry, a stepping stone for someone to get to Jesus, not a stumbling block to keep them from Jesus. Paul would write in the epistles and to the churches, this should not be. These things shouldn't be named among you. And, and I'm coming into this year asking you to more than ever before get serious about the things of God. How many would like to get more serious about the things of God? We need to get more serious. I said this in the first service, and I'll say it again this second service. If you're serving on our serve team and you're not serious about your walk, then come give me your resignation. We don't want you serving if you're not serious about Jesus. There's too much to do for God, and time is too short to have Christians playing Christianity. That was a good place to say amen or woe is me. Amen? We take this serious. This, the, the, the kingdom of God is serious business. 
Some, some people, unfortunately, I hope no one in this church, some people are not going to do anything in this fast. This month's going to go by, and they're not going to participate at all. That's sad. And I hope that you're not that one. Because you're going to miss out on an opportunity to tell the Lord how much he means to you. Fasting is a way to tell God, I'm serious. God, I'm not joking around about this, my walk with you, my relationship with you. Like Santos said so well, if you did bad in 2023 in any aspect, being lazy, making mistakes, being a bad example, that's past. Start over tomorrow. Start over today. Start being a good example. Start being a stepping stone to somebody getting to Jesus instead of being a stumbling block to somebody in their faith. Amen? Start living your life in a way that will cause other people around you to want Jesus. That's the example that we have. Jesus didn't pull any punches. He said, if you want to follow me, deny yourself. Take up your cross. We need to pick up our cross more often. Fasting is picking up our cross and telling our bodies, you don't rule me, I rule you in Jesus' name. Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. I've never heard of another human being doing that. Maybe they did. I don't know anybody personally. I believe it can be done, but that is, that, that is the, the number where you meet the maximum availability of your physical body not dying, Without, especially, especially water. Water is more important than food. But he fasted for 40 days, and he gave us the example, as God in the flesh, I need to surrender to Jesus. Or to God. I need to surrender my, my flesh to the Lord. So uh, for homework, I want you to write this down. I don't want anybody to read it today, but for homework, or right now, Isaiah 58. Because I want you to write this down. My attitude about fasting determines my altitude and what I'm going to see God do. Fasting is 100% about your attitude. Do you understand that? In other words, if you're not going to fast with the right attitude, don't fast. Okay? You have to, you have to adjust. You have to make an attitude right. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I just told you at the beginning, I love food. I hate fasting, but I know how powerful it is. I would be lying to you if I, if I said, man, I, I can't wait to fast. But I am excited about fasting because I know what fasting does. And part of me fasting is telling God, my, your, my, your life, your walk, your call is greater than my desire for food, for chocolate cake. Amen? I could live off dessert if there was any kind of, of, of value for my body. I could just cut food out. Carla could as well. And we could just do dessert. Ice cream for breakfast, cake for lunch. Right? Anybody else? Anybody else with me on that? Okay. So, so without a doubt, you know that's one thing I'm not going to eat during January. I'm not going to eat sweets. That's one of the things I'm going to cut out, and my body's going to be very mad at me, very upset. So every time my body gets upset at me, I'm going to get water, and I'm going to drink water, and I'm going to say, oh, this water tastes like chocolate cake. Oh, this tastes like a, like a, like a, like a peppermint shake from Chick-fil-A. Amen, right? It's mental. Fasting is mental. And if you don't have the right attitude about it, that's what you're going to see in Isaiah 58. God says, don't fast. I'd rather you not. Okay? So we have to have the right attitude. We have to come into this with the right attitude. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. When, notice he says, when you fast. Not if you fast. 
when you fast. So again, fasting is, is something Jesus expects from us as believers. Do not be like the hypocrites that with a sad countenance they disfigure their faces so that they would appear to men to be fasting. So, so I was talking to someone about this in the first service, and we're going to get to it a little bit later. There's a verse at the end that says, and I'm going to give you a little head start, render your heart, not your garments. God is not looking for you to look like you've got it together. He's asking you for your heart. Okay? That, that goes back to being an example. God is not asking you to look like you're a Christian. He's asking you to live like a Christian. You see the difference? Many people, you can, I can dress up and look nice and look the part and look like a pastor this morning and look like I got it all together and be w- wicked inside my heart and be living in sin and lustful and angry and unforgiving. And I could be fooling all of you, but not, I don't fool God. Amen. Amen. So God doesn't want my outward. I was telling this, this man between services that was asking me about it. I said, that's what Jesus spent most of his time doing was rebuking the Pharisees for their outward appearance. He said, y'all are whitewashed tombs. He says, you clean the outside of the cup, but the inside's dirty. You do all these things to look like you're righteous. That's not what God's looking for. He's looking for a heart that's rendered unto him that says, God, this is hard for me. I'm just going to admit this. This is hard, but I'm going to do it because I love you. I'm going to do it because I want to be available. So he says, don't do it like the hypocrites. They disfigure their faces so they might appear to be fasting. Assuredly... It's interesting. They'll, they'll, they'll get a reward because fasting is like giving. It, it, it brings forth fruit. It's just it's a principle. They'll get the reward, but watch what he says we should do. When you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, slap your face, do whatever you got to do to make it look like you're good. Not looking like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm so hungry. That's not what he's saying. Okay. Look, look like you got it together so that you don't appear to be fasting. Now, we're kind of obviously know that hopefully most of us are fasting. So during this month, that's a little different than different times during the year. But to your father, this is the key, to your father who's in the secret place. That's who we're fasting to. I'm not doing this for you. I'm not doing this for my wife. I'm not, I'm not doing this even for my physical body, although I will see results and feel results. I'm doing this to God because I love Jesus. Amen? And I'm going to do it with a good attitude. And he says, and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. When you look at somebody's life and you see fruit, listen closely, you see fruit in that person's life, it is never an accident ever. Don't look at somebody and go, oh, they're lucky. That's what the world uses. They're lucky. No, they're not. They're favored by God because they've understood what it is to live their life unto God. And they're doing some things secretly that people aren't seeing publicly. And then what you're seeing publicly is what's being rewarded for their life secretly. How many want that kind of life? They're going to see it. They're going to see it. But you're not going to see the, the physical evidence of blessing on a person's life that has not done something secretly for God. That's the difference. So we're not looking for it, but God does it. What we're looking for is that right heart and that right attitude to God. Listen to this. I thought this was powerful. Fasting is not just you trying to get more of God. 
Because you are going to get more of God. You're going to get closer to Him. Your walk's going to be stronger. But in reality, fasting is God getting more of you. You're going to be more surrendered this month, I hope, than you have been all year. And, and again, what, what do New Year's resolutions and good starts getting off to a head start do? They get you ahead of the game so that during the year you, st- you keep doing what you started doing. Hopefully, some of these disciplines that you're going to do during the month of January are things that you're going to do all year long. You're not going to wake up on February 1st and just go crazy and go back to all the things that you set aside. I like what Santo said at the prayer, laying aside every weight. We need to lay things down and not pick them back up again. The truth is, church, many of us in this place need to stop Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and TikTok and all the other stuff and never pick it up again. Delete it from your phone. Get rid of the app. You don't need it. No amens? Okay. Thank you, Lord. That's the proof in the pudding right there. In 2024, listen to this, God is looking for vessels. God is looking. He's looking right now. Who is going to be available in 2024? How many people want to be available in 2024? Let's look at a story that will give you this example. 2 Kings chapter 4. Many of you have heard this story. But I want to, this is the cool thing about the Bible. I could preach 10 messages at least off this set of scriptures in 10 different directions. But I'm going to take it for fasting today. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cries out to Elisha, says, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord. So she is a woman, a godly woman, that was married to a godly man who has passed away. And we're going to see here in a second that she has two sons that she needs to take care of, and the creditors are coming. She has no way to make money. She's a widow. And she's in a bad situation. It says, the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. In other words, she's going to lose her two sons who would take care of her. So Elisha said to her, what do you want me to do for you? And he says, this is the key. Tell me, what do you have in your house? And she says, your maidservant has nothing. Leave this up there for just a second, please. Your maidservant has nothing but a jar of oil. See, a lot of times we think, what what can I give God? And God only, really, all he really wants is you. You as a vessel. She's like, all I have is this jar of oil. God takes a little and does a lot. When it is a willing vessel, God can do supernatural things. If you think about it, that's all we really are, is people doing supernatural things in the name of a supernatural God in very limited lives. We don't have any powers. The people in the Bible didn't have any powers. They just were willing vessels. And so it says, I've got all, all I've got is this jar of oil. Now watch this. So he says, go and borrow vessels from everywhere. I want, this, I want you to look at those vessels as souls. We need, if there's one thing that you, you want to see God move in your life this year, I'm going to give you a secret. You want to see God do supernatural things in your life? Put souls as the number one desire of your heart for 2024. Two people got it over there. Let me come over here. Put souls as the number one desire in your heart, and you watch what God does. Over everything else. Because I'll, I'll, I'll put the microphone down, cross my arms, and wait till someone comes and tell me something more important than getting people saved. I'll be that skeleton. 
waiting. Right? Am I right? When Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and my righteousness and all those things you need will be added unto you. So when you put souls first and you say, Lord, more than anything else this year, I want souls. Someone in here is a testimony to this and a witness to this because they know who they are. I was talking to one of our new converts in this church this last week at Christmas, and I said, "In God, how many know God knows us? And we can't lie to God. We can lie to other people. We can't lie to God. God knows us. And I said, I promise you, my greatest Christmas gift is you. You being saved and you changing your life is the greatest gift for me. Because there's nothing you can give me in this world that is better than a soul. There's nothing that drives me more. There's nothing that I love more. I'm not trying to sound spiritual. God knows me and knows my heart. That's what makes me happy is seeing people get saved. People changing their lives. Like Santos standing up here and doing the offering and saying five years ago I, should, I would have been in hell. That's why I come to church. So when you begin to think about this year, 2024, how can I go get some people saved? How can I go get some more vessels and and bring them in? Then you're going to have the heart of God. Okay? So he says empty vessels. How many know there's a whole bunch of empty vessels outside these four walls? There may be some here this morning, and you're going to meet Jesus for the first time. But an empty vessel, I talked about that I think at Christmas, people trying to fill the void that God put there on purpose with everything but Jesus. Money and riches and fame and clothes and food and, 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 and cars and houses and all these things, and they're still empty. I mentioned Matthew Perry last, year, last week, died in a hot tub all by himself worth $120 million on depression pills. Why? Because souls is what makes a person happy. When you think about somebody else more than yourself. So he says, don't gather just a few. Watch this. And when you've come in, you shall shut the door behind you, you and your sons, and then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. And she went and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. She starts to pour it out into these vessels. And it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. When she, then she came and told the man of God, go and sell the oil, pay your debt, and your sons shall live on the rest. I want you to look this year as you being the vessel in that story. When you come before God and you say, Lord, here I am, I'm a vessel, and you begin to let him pour into you, don't let that, don't let that vessel ever say stop. Just let him keep pouring into you. Amen? And then keep emptying yourself out into other people, and then he'll keep pouring it back into you. How many believe that principle this morning? How many believe that that's truth? Amen? When we fast, we are praying and declaring our dependence on God and His Holy Spirit. We humble ourselves when we fast. Because there's a dependence. Our bodies need that food, but our spirits need the fasting more. Now, to finish, this is the truth. Some of you have been praying for some things that you have not seen victory over. And you haven't realized possibly because someone hasn't told you or you haven't remembered that there are some things that will only change in a fast. There's just no other way to get the victory than to fast. And Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 17. Look at this story. So I begin to close. 
When they had come to him, had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down and said, Lord, have mercy on me, for my son is an epileptic and suffers severely. And by the way, this reminds me of the story in Denver, Colorado. I always forget his name. It's something with a Z. He's Pastor Marshall's sound, sound man now. I went and pre- preached a revival there last year, not this last, so it's been a year and a half. And this man had had seizures every day of his life since birth. And he was 40 years old. So it reminds me of, if we don't get Jesus to these people, they'll suffer their problems their whole lives. But Jesus can change anything. Does anybody believe that in here? Jesus can heal anything. That man got healed by the power of God. And today, a year and a half later, he has not ever had a seizure again after 40 years of seizures because of the power of Jesus. All I was was a vessel. How many want to be a vessel? Amen? So he suffers severely, and he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. So Jesus answered, and I want to just be a little bit hard on this for a second because we need, we need people, we need the Spirit of God to be hard on us. We need to be challenged, amen? We need to be reminded that this walk is not for everybody. It can be, but some people just don't want to pay the price. Jesus rebukes his disciples and says, You faithless and perverse generation. That's why I said a few minutes ago, if you're not going to take the things of God serious, resign. If you're not going to take the things of God serious, why don't you just go back and do what you were doing? Just go back to the old ways. You're going to get there eventually anyways. I'm not saying that to be mean. It's the truth. If you don't take the things of God seriously, there's somebody who's taking it very seriously. His name is Lucifer, and he wants you to spend eternity in hell with him. That's his goal. And he's not going to stop fighting you until Jesus comes back, until he's thrown in the bottomless pit. Tell, him, tell the person next to you, we got to get serious. Amen? You believe that? More than ever before in our lives. He did not rebuke the multitude standing around watching. He rebuked his disciples. You faithless and perverse generation. In other words, you're not taking this serious. How long shall I bear with you or be with you? How long shall I be with you and bear with you? Bring him to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Now watch this. And the disciples came privately to Jesus and said, Jesus, why couldn't we cast him out? Because of your unbelief. That's one thing. Also because you're not taking this serious. You're not, you're not preparing, you're not, you're not walking in holiness, you're not, that, that, there's a lot that goes into that. He says, I say to you, if, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, how many know how small a mustard seed is? So small you can, I have a, a jar of it, you barely hold it in your hand. If you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can tell that mountain to be moved into the sea. If you just believe in me enough, it'll move from here to there. And nothing, say nothing, will be impossible for you. Nothing. But, watch the last words he says. However, this kind, 
some things, some marital problems, some financial problems, some sickness problems. I'm not saying this in any way mean, but anybody who's watching the podcast, anybody who's here, live stream, if you're sick all the time, something's wrong. You need to fast. It is not God's will for you to be sick all the time. And let me just be a little bit bolder, and everybody knows who you are. It's not God's will for your entire family to be sick all the time. I don't mean, I don't know if my wife and I have ever got sick at the same time. It's amazing how the devil fights whole families. You need to be careful who you're hanging out with. Amen? Who's influencing you? Who you're influencing? Because some things are never going to change until you pray and fast about it. And along those lines, until you get serious about it. You want your mar- do, do you want your marriage to change as much as I want your marriage to change? Do you want your life to be better as much as I want your life to be better? Do you want to be used by God as much as I want you to be used by God? I'm not going to stand with you on judgment day. You're going to stand by yourself. I'm going to stand by myself. I want to hear the words, enter in. Good and faithful servant. And I want to take as many people to heaven with me as I can. Lord, here I am today. I'm your vessel. How many will say that this morning? I'm your vessel, Lord. I'm your vessel. And you know what we need to do? We need to get to a place where we say, if I don't do it, no one will. Because you know what we do too many times? They'll do it. They'll do it. She'll do it. He'll do it. They'll do it. They're doing it. Well, they're going to have a good time at reward ceremony. And you're not. I'm trying to save you from that. I want you to hear those words, enter in, good and faithful servant. Not depart from me, doer of iniquity. I never knew you. It's serious business. If you're going to see God move in the month of January of 2024, if you want to see things you've never seen before, you've got to do things you've never done. You need to take this to another level, and you need to not look around and see what everybody else is fasting and what they're doing and what they're... You need to say, God, you and me, what do I need to do this morning? What is in my life? What, what has me? And some of you already know. Somebody's already been speaking to you. You need to let it go. You need to give that up. You need to take your hands off it. You need to say, Lord, whatever in my life is keeping me from fulfilling your call on my life, take it away. He needs to strip us of some things. Take some things. I always tell you, there's nothing wrong with having things, and that means anything, as long as those things don't have you. God says, let me have it, and you hold it on like the kids in the nursery. Something's wrong. If you're not willing to let it go and give it up, that has you, and you need to let it go. As you bow your heads and close your eyes, listen to this last verse. Just listen to it as I read it. Joel chapter 2, you can, you can look at it later. He says, turn to me with all your heart. Turn to me. We need to turn to God this morning with our hearts, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Fasting and weeping and mourning. Just just bow your heads and close your eyes, please, and just listen to me. Fasting and weeping and mourning. When was the last time we weeped 
over our own mistakes, over our own attitudes, over our own rebellion, over our own spirits that are in a wrong place, over the fact that, that I could possibly be a stumbling block to somebody today in their faith. I mean, it's bad enough not to be an example, but to be a stumbling block? To live your life in a way that's causing somebody else to stumble over you? You got to take that serious. Render your heart. And that's the great thing about God is he's so gracious. He says, I don't want your garments. I don't want your outward appearance. I want your heart. Return to the Lord your God, it says, for he is gracious and merciful. Listen, church, he's gracious and merciful slow to anger and of great kindness. And he relents from doing harm. This says at the end, blow the trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly. We need God. Fasting gets God's attention. Today in this place, as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed and the Spirit of God is here, ministering, speaking, challenging, Touching, rebuking, correcting. How many in this place have never, have never put your faith in Jesus as the Lord and the Savior of your life? I'm not asking you if you believe in God. I'm not asking you if you attend a church. I'm not asking you if you're a member of a church. I'm asking, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, is He the most important thing in your life? Think about this for a second. Stay with me. Just stay in the Spirit with me. Is Jesus the most important thing in your life? If He's not, He's not Lord. If He's not Lord, you're not saved. He is a jealous God. I do not share, He says, my glory with anyone. I would rather you be either hot or cold. But I won't accept you to be lukewarm. You can't play the fence, God says. You're either with me or you're against me. Today, how many in this place, I don't know, you know, if you stood before God right now, if your life ended right now, at the snap of my finger, bam, your life just ended, and you are immediately in the presence of God, what would you say to Jesus? What would Jesus say to you? Well, the Bible tells us that books will be opened. And if you haven't put your faith in what Jesus did on the cross, those books will stay open. And everything you've ever done in your life will be revealed. And you'll be judged by it. But if you put your faith in Jesus, and you say, Jesus, I believe you took my place. I believe you died on the cross a horrible death and took my sin on that cross for me. And I believe you rose from the dead to defeat death. If you believe that this morning, then you would stand before Jesus. The books would be closed and another book would be opened, which is called the book of life. And God would say to Jesus, Jesus, son, is their name in the book? And if you have truly in your heart, not with your mouth alone, but truly believe that Jesus took your place and believed that he died on the cross for your sins and shed his blood for your redemption, Jesus is going to open up that book and say, Father, 
Here's their name. And God's going to say then, enter in, good and faithful servant. It's that real. It's not a head knowledge. It's a heart knowledge. How many in this place right now, before we leave this place, could say, Pastor, if I died right now, I would be with the books open, and I don't want to. I don't want those books to be open. I don't want to have to answer for all my sins. I want to be saved. I want to be forgiven. I want to be born again. I want to have a new life. How many could say, that's me right now. Just lift up your hand. I want to pray for you. Just quickly put it up. I see your hand. How many more? All over. I see your hand. I see your hand. Serious business. Come on, pastor. Take it easy. It's 31st. No, this is the most important day of your life. Tomorrow's not promised. Who gave you a guarantee that you could go into 2024? Who gave you a guarantee that you're going to wake up tomorrow? Nobody. The Bible says life is like a vapor. One day it's here and next day it's gone. Just, just, the other, just yesterday at 3 o'clock in the morning, the day before, Friday, Friday, Saturday morning, some, some guy was driving 100 miles an hour drunk over there on 288 and killed somebody smashed into the back of their car and killed them. They didn't think they were going to go meet God that day. You're not promised tomorrow. I'm not, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to tell you this is a reality. What are you going to say before God? I'm going to give just a few more seconds. I've never done that. Today is my day. Today's my day. I woke up this morning for you to come to preach to you to give you a chance to know Jesus. You're the reason I'm here. You're the reason all of us are here. So you can know Jesus. How many more? I see your hand. He's tugging on you. You know what he says in Revelations 3? He's knocking on the door of your heart. He's saying, let me in. There'll be no religion in heaven. There'll be no denominations in heaven. There'll be people who've put their faith in Jesus and people who've rejected Jesus. It's that simple today. It's that black and white. You either accept him or you reject him. The, the sacrifice has already been made. Jesus has already gone to the cross. He's not going to go again. He went once and for all. Your sins are forgiven if you put your faith in Jesus. If you reject him, you reject God. Five more seconds. Pastor, pray for me today. I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. That's me. Just put your hand up. All over this place. Let's stand this morning, if you would. Stay in this spirit of reverence, please. And if you raised your hand and you meant it, you're not doing this for me, you're doing this for you. you today, you want to you make a public statement. Jesus is the Lord of my life. I, I believe everything the Bible says. I believe that everything Jesus did on that cross. And today, I want all these people to know that he's real and that he, I'm surrendering to his lordship. And you raised your hand and you meant it. There's an aisle near you. Just step out and come quickly. Just step out and come all over this place. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for drawing them. Thank you for drawing them, Holy Spirit, drawing them to you, bringing them to you. <clears throat> How many more? I'm just going to wait just a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Maybe you're here and you know the Lord, but you're, you're backslidden right now. Well, I'm here at church, Pastor. Yeah, you can be at church and be backslidden.
not be in a good place. Playing church. Faking it till you make it. God knows what you're doing. God knows what you're going through. God knows the mistakes you're making that you're not repenting of. God knows the, today, let me tell you something, there is a countless amount of people today, right now, at this very moment, who are laying in their beds, sitting on their couches, wherever they are, that used to come to this church and used to serve God, and they're not serving God today. doesn't mean anything if you're serving God today and you're not going to be serving God tomorrow. doesn't mean anything. It's not how you start, it's how you finish. One of the things about getting off to a head start is it's a great thing. But how many know lots of people get off to a good start but don't finish? Maybe you've gotten off to a bad start. The good news is you can finish strong. Maybe, you, maybe you've been the, the late bloomer. You've been coming from behind. Today you can, get, you can get back up where you need to be. It's just, just being honest with God. As we open these altars in just a moment, get right with God. Dedicate your life to Jesus. Make it real. And then watch what God will do in this 2024 in January when you just set yourself apart and say, Lord, I'm going to start to pray. I'm going to start to fast. I'm going to start to discipline myself. Amen. There's healing coming right now to both of you. Healing in your minds. This isn't just going to be any old day today. This is going to be a day you're never going to forget because today some things are going to lift off of you. Some thoughts, some past things you've gone through, some, some hurts, some pains, some, they're going to lift. You're going to feel free, and you're going to feel forgiven, and you're going to feel new. And it's going to be the best day of your life, and you're never going to forget it. Today, something's going to change. Amen? And I mean this with all my heart. If we're here today just for you two, you're worth it. You're worth it. Jesus loves you so much. Amen? He loves you so much. He would, he would go back to that cross again today if he had to, just for you, and, and go through the whole thing again. That's how much he loves you. All he wants in return is the gift that you have for him. Because you both, I don't know you very well. I don't know you at all. I've met you a couple times. You have a gift to reach other people. And the devil's been fighting you so that you don't fulfill that. Today, you're going to start but it has to start with you. Amen? There may be some people watching online or listening on the podcast. We're going to say this all together. Just say it from your heart. Amen? Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I fall short of your glory. The wages of my sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. While I was still a sinner, you died for me for the ungodly. Today, I give you my life. I surrender. I turn to you. I put my faith in you that you died on the cross for my sins and took my place. Forgive me for all my sins. Wash me clean with your precious blood. I confess and believe in my heart, you are Lord. Please write my name in the Lamb's book of life. In Jesus' name, amen.